Fantasy Focus Football. My name is Daniel Dodd. All right, man. I'm Let's here. Style it back a notch. All You're right. joined by my two best friends, Mike Clay and Stefania Bell. This show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you could save. Excited to be able to do a free agent show with you two, in part because so much is happening. We have no idea what's going on. We're just breaking it down here in real time with each other. Yeah, I, I have the alerts on for a whole bunch of people this week. I usually yeah. just have Schefter alerts on. I have a bunch of them on this week just so I don't miss anything. Um, you know, uh, I'm updating all the depth charts and projections and all that. So I'm I'm keeping an eye on like fullbacks, punters, long snappers, all that fun stuff. And it's been. Uh, it's been there's a lot going on, and we're by the way we're on. doing this on what is, what is day is it I don't Wednesday even know. Wednesday afternoon Wednesday yes. March 15th. March fifteenth Wednesday March fifteenth it is now two forty five p.m. so free agency officially starts shortly um, we're probably gonna have some news during the show oh gosh so we'll uh, we'll see what we can do here but look we already have a lot of moves that are yeah. fantasy related we're gonna get into all of those here in the next half hour or so. Now, in the past, Mike, I know that you have broken some fantasy news. Obviously, the Martellus Bennett conversation that happened a while <laughs> ago. Like do you feel like fifteen years ago? Yeah. Do you need to? Time. Do you need to take any time during this podcast to go do your field work? Please okay. let me know. Of course, and with my other sure phones. My other phones. Yeah. Um, Let's start with the, yeah. the we'll do that. The big one in the room, right? Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Anybody else tune into Pat McAfee and feel like they just sat there for forever, just waiting for Aaron to just tell us what he was going to do? You oh know my what's so gosh. funny? I told myself, don't do it. Don't do oh. it. Don't tune in. Don't do it. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't help it. And then it was like, what's the decision? Well, let's go back let's to the beginning. Let's talk about the darkness first. In 2005, when I was drafted, <laughs> it's like we went way back with that one. But honestly, yeah. uh, if, in case you didn't hear it, Aaron Rodgers plans on being traded to the New York Jets. Big conversation. If that happens, Mike, there's a lot of tendrils to with this. Where do you want to start with this entire conversation? Because there's a lot to be able to open up with this Well, box. first of all, did he tamper with himself? I think so. Because <laughs> he was like, I want to go. He's on the Packers. He said, I want to go. I want to play for the Jets this season. Isn't but, it tampering? Isn't well, there some sort of- isn't it? The, first of all, I just have a problem with this calling the legal tampering sure. window. Because <laughs> tampering is tampering and it's not legal so how can you have legal tampering it's kind of like saying you control your own destiny but i digress okay that is a media we will not have grammar 101 here even though it pains me greatly i think i'm pro self-tampering i think right. i'm in on it yeah you're in on it yeah legal or illegal self-tampering yeah. but aaron Rodgers did i i think he announced his intention yes. to play for the Jets. So it's more than a desire. It was mm-hmm. an intention, which if you are following Aaron Rodgers for years, you know that he is a manifester. He believe, he is a very spiritual guy. I think he chose his words of intention mm. uh, with intention because he wants it to happen and certainly implying that the people holding it up at this point are his current team. Packers. Yeah. yeah, they're working on trade compensation. By the time you're listening to this, he might be on the New York Jets. It could be reported from our friends Adam Schefter. I'll take the over on field that. Aides <laughs> that uh, yeah. He's got a pick, you know, first and second round pick, something along those lines. Uh, the Packers don't have much leverage at this point, so we'll see how it works out. But uh, I've already put him on the Jets depth chart uh, inside the projection he model because he's going there. Is he, a he is a start. Okay. I know Zach Wilson said he's going to give him, give him, uh, what do you say, give him hell every day yep. of practice or something. Yep. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, this is an interesting one, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers coming off probably the worst year of his career. 
interceptions were like tripled from the year before. Rushing was a career low, and that's obviously huge in the modern uh, NFL. So some work to do in the offensive line for here for the New York Jets. And we still have to figure out who his primary pass catchers are going to be. And we know some of them, right? I mean, uh, one will be Garrett Wilson. One will be Alan Lazard, who they just signed to a four-year, $44 million deal. And then after that, some question marks. Brees Hall, obviously, coming off the ACL. Tyler Conklin, uh, we're going to keep an eye on Elijah Moore, if he sticks, or Corey Davis, who could be released in the coming days. Uh, So there's still some questions there. But all in all, I think he's in position for better numbers. But I don't know if it's going to be a drastic increase to the point, especially without rushing, that he's going to be a solid weekly quarterback one. And I'm singing a little bit of a different tune than I was last offseason. Yeah, you are. uh, the. The tables have turned a little bit, right? This is not the same Aaron Rodgers. He's he's lost a little bit. I, I would I will say this in his defense. He did have a broken thumb, which we sort of forgot mm-hmm. about because he played with it every week for multiple weeks, and he he was downplaying it until he wasn't. Uh, remember, he didn't really acknowledge that it was fractured until later, and I think maybe part of the acknowledgement came out of the fact that we saw that he was not consistently throwing the ball that well. Um, so uh, I don't know how much that fact- factored in mm-hmm. to his performance, but I certainly think it could have been a part of it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a step slower, though, and he he needs the offensive line. One of the things we valued with him is his ability to scramble, his ability to make plays on the move. He's one of the best at doing that. Um, and he's going to have the receivers. I think that's what we're going to see. He's going to have receivers he's comfortable with because he certainly had a wish list out there as of yesterday. One of them's already signed in Alan Lazard. And... He is going to need protection up front, though. He needs a little more time. We saw him going to the ground way too often last year. Yeah, I, I really wonder with that, when he put out that wish list, which then he talked about on, on McAfee, the idea of, like, did you not know that Garrett Wilson is on this team? And he was, have you not seen any of the tape on this kid? I know. And I understand the idea of, like, hey, maybe maybe Elijah Moore is bound for a different team, right? Maybe he's not going to be a Jet for super long anymore. So, like, that's something to think about. But it felt like when he put together that list or talked about some of those people. It's like, Garrett Wilson is, I would think, going to take a big, maybe not a big step forward, has a chance to take a step forward this year mm-hmm. with at least someone that is the caliber of Aaron Rodgers because last year we saw so much skill from Garrett Wilson with pretty awful quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited just to see how that impacts Garrett Wilson as well this year. No doubt. I mean, he was already basically giving you wide receiver two numbers at times last season. He looks like the real deal. He's a first-round pick going into his second season. I have a lot of optimism with Wilson, and I feel a little bit better about him with Aaron Rodgers there, which shouldn't be a surprise going from what they had there to having Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if he doesn't trust him, we know he'll just stop using him. But I think he's going to trust Garrett Wilson, right? Yeah. He's one of the best young receivers in the NFL. So I think he's a borderline top 12 fantasy receiver this season. On the other side of that, does this tank Christian Watson's ascension into year two, mm-hmm. not having Aaron Rodgers under center? And now looks like Jordan Love is going to be the guy, Mike. Yeah, this is this is tough because we don't know. We don't really know how good Jordan Love is. We still have to figure that out. And sometimes that makes it tricky. Um, you know, I think about a team like for example, the Eagles last year, where you're like, you know what, this is a, and there's a lot of examples of this. You could use this for Miami as well, too. Uh, you know, the Eagles are really good on paper, but you're like, how optimistic can we be? Because we don't know how good Jalen Hurts is. Is he going to play a lot better? Yep. Uh, or is he going to, is he going to take a step back and struggle and he's a bust and the season's ruined? That's kind of the case here with Green Bay. Maybe Jordan Love is the next, I don't want to say, Aaron Rodgers, a guy that sits there for a few years, but maybe he's the next guy that steps up, finally gets an opportunity, and turns out to be a solid or good NFL quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo was in a similar boat. We've had, there's been plenty of examples of that. So 
it's going to be tough to kind of figure that out. But as the roster stands, remember, Alan Lazard is gone, right? I mean, yep. it's Christian Watson and, who? and Romeo, Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs. I mean, there's nothing there at this point. They have a lot of work to do once they complete this uh, once they complete this trade. And, you know, Watson probably is going to enter the season, season as their number one receiver. He looked like the real deal. They'll find ways to get the ball in his hand, even as a ball carrier. They're going to get it to Christian Watson. So I feel pretty good about him. I think the, the volume will be there for him to be a fantasy starter next season. He probably just doesn't have the ceiling that he we saw from him and down the stretch last season. Well, it'll be interesting to see what the compensation is, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, very well, we if you're following player tweets, which, let's be honest, I do, you know, yes. because you yes. want to say Elijah Moore is pretty much, it sure looks like he's on the way out. Um It'll be interesting to see what the Packers get mm-hmm. in terms of both numbers uh, for for draft picks potentially and uh, just player personnel. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there could be straight up player personnel swaps. By the way, one more quick note, kind of on the state of the Jets' offense. Keep this in mind: four of the best defenses in the NFL may reside in the AFC East this season. I mean, wow. the Patriots' defense is always good under Bill Belichick. It doesn't yep. matter what the personnel is; they will allow under two touchdowns a game every season. It's just like it's like clockwork. The Jets' defense, I mean, it doesn't affect Aaron, but they're obviously very good. The Bills, we know, one of the best defenses in the NFL. They just resigned Jordan Poyer. And the best defense in the NFL... Miami! Yeah, I I, 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 don't, well, I thought you were going to say the Niners. Oh, I don't no, want to. No, no, Niner, no. Niners are said, You said AFC East, so right. I'm sticking there. And the Dolphins are stacked. They just added Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. I mean, yep. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That loaded defense. So uh, that could, you know, that's six games out of 17 where Aaron Rodgers is going to have to face off with... Uh, those defenses. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I think I'll end up ranking him like 12th or yeah. 11th, some, somewhere in that vicinity. Jordan Love's not going to be ranked in uh, redraft quarterback leagues. Is he 22nd? I was going to say, does he he factors in in like a three quarterback league? Like yeah, a I mean, mid- super flex, there might be some value there. Yeah, sure. I mean, certainly. Uh, he's a lottery ticket. You just don't really know don't really how know. good he's going to be, but you take a shot and maybe he uh, proves to be a home run. But there's guys like that every year. Sometimes they're young guys. Um, you know, like a Trevor Lawrence last year sometimes. Uh, and remember, he was a first-round pick, too. But sometimes there are surprises, like a Geno Smith last year was QB5 in fantasy, right? So in Superflex, you're taking lottery tickets on guys like that. In one-quarterback leagues, 10-teamers especially, you're probably not drafting Jordan Love. Yeah. All right, speaking of taking a shot, we got the Carolina Panthers. This move happened a little bit a uh, while ago, actually, but we have not done a podcast since we talked about this. Traded with the Chicago Bears. They get the number one overall pick in Chicago not only gets a bunch of draft compensation in return, but most importantly for us from a fantasy purpose, Mike Clay, they get DJ Moore, which feels mm-hmm. like finally Justin Fields is able to have a wide receiver one. I'm looking at DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. I'm feeling pretty optimistic about this. How do you feel about this new revamped Bears offense? Obviously, still a lot to do, but if this is what Justin Fields had going into 2023. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Who was, uh, once Mooney was out, you know, Claypool wasn't playing much. Who, who were the receivers last year? Can you remember anyone off the top Bayless, of your head? Jones, but, Equinemius, yeah. St. Brown. <laughs> <Exactly>. uh, <laughs> much better. It's, it looks a lot prettier. Uh, look, I think that uh, DJ Moore is still going to see a pretty nice target share. I think there's still room for that, even with those other guys involved. Um, I do think it's going to be a little bit of a hit to his fantasy value because the passing volume isn't going to be great. Uh, last season, the Bears were dead last in wide receiver receptions with only 121. Obviously, we expect that to go up with better personnel, but they were also 30th in offensive snaps. They were the second run heaviest offense in the NFL. Justin Fields scrambled 67 times, yeah. was sacked 55 times. Both of those were first in the NFL. Now, 
they could potentially get some of that corrected, but they're still going to call run a lot, and he's still going to scramble a lot, and that's going to take away passing volume. Um, if he makes a Jalen Hurts-like leap this season and they balance out the offense, maybe there's room here for Moore to be a top 12 receiver, but I just think he's going to be a little bit capped uh, by this situation. And, and honestly, look, I love DJ Moore. He's been a top 25 fantasy receiver four years in a row. He's super talented, probably underrated at this point. But it's easy to say, well, look what look what A.J. Brown did with Jalen Hurts. Not the same level of player, right? Yeah. Uh, they operate differently. A.J. Brown is a, maybe a top five receiver in the NFL. Not sure Moore is there. So I don't want to make that one-to-one comp. I've seen it already. I think Moore settles in probably as a wide receiver three. I'm really interested to see what Carolina does. Now they're going to get that number one overall pick. It just feels like that offense is completely bereft of talent. <laughs> bereft. It's so. good. Where I, I, it's it's uh, it's very interesting. There's a player we'll talk about later that I think might be somebody who could end up in Carolina. But all right, how about should we do some breaking news here while we're doing? Oh, it? I mean, we got breaking news. Do, do Again, it, Mike. Not a li- Hold this, on. This is not a live pod, but uh, we'll have radio, fun with it here. Breaking news. As of. We're in some reports dropping here, including from our friend. PM. Yes, two fifty-eight oh, yep, from it. Adam Schefter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, did, did Schefter tweet it? Well, it's 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 bouncing around here. But Juju Smith-Schuster going to the New England Patriots. Wow! So, all right. So spends all that time in Pittsburgh. It's a one-year stop with the Chiefs, which started well and then really fell off. Yeah, did. down the stretch, he just wasn't involved. Now he goes to New England, and he's essentially going to be the replacement for Jacoby Myers, who we're going to talk about shortly. Is going to the Las Vegas Raiders. They have an opening with their primary possession slash slot receiver spot, uh, and that's going to be Juju Smith-Schuster. So good opportunity to see a pretty healthy target share in that offense. I do not think New England is done at wide receiver, so we'll keep an eye on exactly where he falls. But can't be, right? I mean, all they have is Devontae Parker and Tyquan Thornton. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Diana Rossini is saying that the Chiefs tried to retain him, but he's off to New England. So, mm-hmm. uh, there you go. You know, I think, they would, I think they would have been comfortable with it, but the Chiefs have, look, they let Tyreek Hill go, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I think the Chiefs have shown us that they will like a player, and they might like that player to stick around, but they're going to pay attention to their budget, and they're not going to exceed where they want. And maybe Juju had a, a better opportunity there. Also, seeing some reports that the Patriots were calling about Jerry Judy. Oh, um, I did see some so, of those. Uh, you know, yeah. but Juju, it is. So hopefully, uh, he's successful. Look, I, the Patriots hadn't done much, but I just really want to know. Who's going to be calling the offense and how? Because it's hard, yeah. hard to get excited about the player uh, being in the system without knowing what that system is going to look like. Last year's system was not good for New England. Let's yeah, just say that. It wasn't. But, I mean, when Bill O'Brien was in Houston, they had a pretty formidable offense, right? Yep. So yeah. I, I'm, I feel pretty confident they'll get that on track. Uh, O'Brien's a good offensive schemer mm-hmm. and... Uh, you know they're they just have to keep improving the personnel. And again, I don't think they're done at wide receiver. No, I'm with you on that. What's old is new again. Mm-hmm. That's Bill right. That's right. Back with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Speaking uh, of being what's old is new again, the Detroit Lions are paying running backs. Finally, a team is paying a running back in today's free agency. Uh, three-year deal, eighteen million dollars, six million a year for David Montgomery. Mike, this basically signals the end. It seems like yes. for Jamal Williams in Detroit. I feel like David Montgomery. So let me say this really quickly. It feels like the strength of this Lions offense is their offensive line. Mm-hmm. And so for them to go out and get a guy, ideally they wanted to get a little bit more out of DeAndre Swift last year. They weren't able to do that. So they got what they did out of Jamal Williams. But I think they basically capped. I mean, that's Jamal's ceiling. You're not going to get a lot more than that. So adding a guy like David Montgomery, how can he benefit behind a better Lions offensive line than he ever had playing in Chicago? He's in a great spot. And it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just Williams 
who was super productive last season. We've talked about uh, how good DeAndre Swift was when he was playing last yep. season, right? The efficiency was outstanding. He was actually fifth in the league in yards per carry at uh, seven or more touchdowns for the third straight season. So he was productive as well. In fact, the Lions actually, Lions running backs as a whole led that position fantasy points last season. So this is an outstanding opportunity for David Montgomery. The offensive line is still in place. They're still going to have one of the best in the NFL. We know they're going to run the ball plenty. And look, last year, Jamal Williams had 262 carries and 16 targets. Montgomery in his career has averaged 228 carries and 49 targets. Uh, Williams also led the NFL in expected touchdowns with oh almost gosh. 16, had 28 carries inside the five. No one else in the league had more than 20. Yeah. And I point all that out because Montgomery is going to fill that role here, right? Yep. It, as the roster stands, assuming that DeAndre Swift is still there in a more of a change of pace slash passing down role. So I expect maybe more carries and fewer targets for David Montgomery could limit his fantasy output uh, a bit, but there's going to be a lot of goal line opportunities for him. He's an upgrade in terms of talent. He's younger, great offensive line. There's a lot to like. So um, I think because it's both guys here, I think they're both kind of fringe RB2s. I think they're going to hurt each other's upside, but they're both in a good spot to be fantasy relevant. But we'll see. I, I don't know for sure Swift will be on this team next year. You know, I, maybe there's no market for him, but they obviously haven't loved what they've gotten out of him. So we'll see if uh, if something happens there. Which is tough because fantasy managers see some of the performances that DeAndre Swift can bring. And from a fantasy perspective, you see those big days. It's like, man, if this guy could just stay healthy, he would be a top 10 or 12 running back consistently. But without that, I'm curious. We'll see how that all works out with David Montgomery. Yeah, Moving it's a tough play. I'm just going to say this. It's hard for running backs to stay healthy in Detroit. Just hold on to that thought, and we'll talk about it this, later this summer. But uh, it's hard for running backs to stay healthy in Detroit, and I think that's a real thing. Um, Hopefully I, they're I, getting some new plane surfaces. Well, that might just keep – stay tuned for yep. this summer. Yep. Um, by the way, Jamal Williams was such an inspiration when oh we were watching gosh. Hard Knocks. I just want to know, Daniel, how you feel about losing that player because we've talked so many times about how Dan Campbell has changed the tenor of that team – um, and that all the players would, would play for him. They would run through the wall for him. Jamal Williams was kind of that inspirational voice on the field as well. It's a big loss, I think. That hurts. Mm -hmm. That hurts as a Lions fan that has been so, like this team has been so bad, and I've been invested my entire life to finally feel like you have from the top down of your ownership through your GM to your coaching staff that has finally assembled a player group that actually wants to be on the field. You know how many games I watched where it looked like guys just didn't want to be out there earning the millions of dollars they were getting paid? So to feel like you have somebody in Jamal Williams that just has that fire and that excitement, yeah, man, like that part sucks because I understand the business side of it. Maybe mm -hmm. David Montgomery, he's a better running back, at, you know, maybe shiftier, maybe he's, he's better after contact. But there's just something about you fall in love with this guy. And you're, you're not mm -hmm. going to not love Jamal Williams. So I'm going to be a fan of him regardless of where he goes. The same way that I feel about Matthew Stafford. Forget about how long it was with Jamal. His personality, everything that he bought, brought to this team and, and this city and everything was just incredible. But so. at least you guys finally address cornerback. So Dude. there's that. I mean, <laughs> and, it's and about time. How many years have we been yeah. talking about Nothing this? for this <laughs> podcast, but the Lions are on their way up right now. I'm telling you right now, I, I believe you, Mike. It, I, I saw you even said a few nice things about them on Twitter. And when Mike Clay says nice stuff that's about your fantasy team or your real life team, that's how you know it's real. That's right. That's right. It's an objective analysis. That's right. I'll keep it real. Uh, all right, let's keep moving on here as we've got Darren Waller 
getting oh traded to the New York Giants for oh, what wow, inevitably wow, was wow. the Kadarius Tony pick. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is so interesting to me how it all comes around. Like, you take a guy with a really bad hamstring problem <laughs> who could never get on the field, and you send him to Kansas City, and he ends up making the play of the play of all plays in the Super Bowl and ends up with a ring. And now you take a guy who's coming off a year with a bad hamstring and you put him back in New York. Back in New York. <laughs> and... Uh, Look, uh, I, I'm being a bit facetious because I actually, I really love Darren Waller. I was a little surprised after they brought in Jimmy Garoppolo that they got rid of Darren Waller because mm-hmm. I thought this is exactly the kind of player who helps out a Jimmy Garoppolo in that situation. I don't think this was all about talent. and There's something else to this, um, especially when you see the pieces about Darren Waller was not happy, that he was planning to get married and they weren't announcing it, and then that was leaked, and then all of a sudden... Shortly thereafter, he's out and he's uh, he's gone to New York. But here's what I'll say. I think he still has a ton of talent. I've had a lot of people reaching out to me asking what I think about his health because it was, it was a problem. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. That was also a touchy situation last year because if you recall, it was Darren Waller who said, I need to step back and get healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think he felt like he was trying to trot out there and and get, you know, play through a bad hamstring. Very much along the lines of Keenan Allen, by the way, mm-hmm. who uh, tried to come back and was like, nope, not doing it again. We've talked about this ad nauseum. We will keep talking about it in that way because hamstring injuries are so prevalent in the league. But these players, I think they feel compelled to try to come back because it's not like an ACL where people say, okay, uh, that's bad. You obviously can't play. Hamstring injury, there's this pressure of like, well, you look okay walking around, so maybe you can just get out there and be half of yourself. But they really can't, you know, and and you can't perform at uh, the level you're expected to when you're hurting. So he stepped back. They end up putting him on IR. He ends up missing extended time. And uh, I think there was a perception issue related to that, fair or unfair. So, you know, he, he has he has struggled with health the last two years. The two years prior to that, he played all 16 games. I would look at the Giants and say this. They dealt with a number of soft tissue injuries for two consecutive years. They made some changes. Uh, they have a lot of people working on that within their organization. Their injury drop in terms of soft tissue injuries and how it impacted total player playing time this year was substantial. And I think they feel like they have a good handle on these things. And that was part of the reason they were comfortable also with where Darren Waller was and bringing him in. And quite honestly, they didn't have to give up a lot for him. No, they did not. Mm -hmm. No, they did not. And everything that you just said about what Darren Waller could have been to, and we'll get to it, Jimmy Garoppolo, is what they're probably hoping he's going to be for Daniel Jones. Mike, you had Darren Waller somewhere in that six to nine range within your tight end Mm -hmm. rankings within that tier. 
Does he fall anywhere within that tier? Does he stay within that same tier? Or is this sort of a lateral move for him within these I think offenses? It, yeah, I think it's mostly lateral. Probably fringe top five, maybe top five, right? We'll see okay. what kind of things uh, sort out around him. Uh, keep this in mind. I mean, you know, they they re-signed Sterling Shepard. He's obviously missed a ton of time. Hopefully he makes a comeback. He's on a one-year deal. Wandale Robinson will be healthy this season. Isaiah Hodgins kind of came along last season. They're probably not done adding it at that position. But for now... You know, it's pretty clear that he'd be a feature target, right? You're yes. probably looking at a 20-plus percent target share for a guy who's been a top-10 fantasy tight end in points per game for consecutive seasons. They're going to make plenty of use for him. The question is, are the Giants going to throw touchdown passes, okay? They are dead last in passing touchdowns over the last three seasons. And you might think, well, that was, you know, that was before Dable got there, right? You know, they must have bounced back last year. They, you know, made the playoff. It's 17. Daniel Jones had 17 passing touchdowns last season. Uh, so we need to see that number go up. Maybe Darren Waller helps with that. Uh, he has had at least eight end zone targets each of the last three seasons. So, again, I think he's a mid-range tight end one. I think you're going to feel he's 30. You know, he's 31. If it's fine, he's not worried about his health. I'm not. You know, I, we expect him to have another big season and be a solid uh, fantasy starter. I, I would qualify that. Like, not not worried to the extent of, oh, my God, this is, you know. but 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 for his age... His talent level, what they paid for to get him. Like I'm not saying he's going to last all 16 games, but I feel, but I feel as good about him as I do about anyone else. And to your point about the touchdown catches, they it was like a you know merry-go-round of, yeah. of pass catchers out there, and Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley ends up being one of their best pass catchers uh, in an offense where they had lost. You know, Evan Engram's now gone. They didn't really have a solid tight end. I mean, just I think what he does for them from the tight end position uh, is just going to completely open things up. And Sterling Shepard, listen, I couldn't have felt more pain for another player. I mean, he had basically the Clay Thompson where he had an Achilles tendon rupture and an ACL injury back-to-back, just so totally unfair. Um, Reports are that he's doing pretty well. But again, they have options, and you know, I, I don't know exactly where they're picking in the draft but um there's there, there's some good options out there and i think for them it's about getting people on the field who can basically provide outlets for daniel jones like you said so then when we're looking at this las vegas raiders team they move on from darren waller still have Devonte adams they also added now a franchise signal caller in jimmy garoppolo <laughs> A franchise signal caller? Is that where we're going with? Well, hey, a free agent quarterback. quarterback. No, I will yeah. tolerate no Jimmy G slander in my presence. I want to be positive about it until there's reason to be negative about it. So you add Jimmy Garoppolo to this Raiders offense. Obviously, new Josh McDaniels, huge part about being able to come yeah. here and be a part of this. They also added Jacoby Myers within mm-hmm. this. So now that offense, Mike, looking like Jimmy Garoppolo with Josh Jacobs as his running back, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers. Hunter Renfro, mm-hmm. not really sure how those two guys play with each other. Maybe you can make that a little clearer for me. Uh, but how do you feel about this new revamped Raiders offense? Yeah, I wonder if McDaniel's is kind of going back to what they did in his final years in New England. You know, at times you had like a you had like an Edelman Amendola sort of uh, setup there, the wide receiver, that, yeah. possession receivers. It kind of fits with conservative Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Um, and then a tight end, like they moved on from from Waller. Maybe they're looking for an H back. Remember, they went John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, guys that could block a tight end. They could be going that department and then. Uh, do they have that anyone at tight can, end? Do they, is Foster Moreau still there? Foster Moreau is a free agent. I could see him coming back. Right now, they're not set there. I think Jesper Horst said they're Josh top. McDaniel, not going to use tight end. Go back to his year that he coached as a head coach in Denver. 
did yeah. nothing with the tight end position there. Nothing. I I don't think that's a, I don't think that's of interest to him. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'll be a blocking a yeah, blocking. I I, I, tight I agree end. with yeah. you there. Like in other words, I'm just saying for fantasy purposes, I I there. There's no tight end that's going to go to the Raiders mm-hmm. that I'm going to be interested in. What about in. Jesper Horstead <laughs> from Princeton? No? Not a big fan of Jester, Jesper Horstead? Wow. No, no, he might listen. make the club as the three. All right, but... Jesper, no big deal. No, no, no. no Just no, let no. you know. Like, anybody um, from Princeton who's in, in a NFL <laughs> uniform, I'm a supporter of. But yeah. um, I, what do you guys think? Of, I, I think about Jimmy G to the Raiders. I'm happy for him, number one, that he's got a landing spot. Um, number two, I think he can be... I think he can be effective in this space um, and if he can stay healthy. Here's what I want to – so I think he can be effective as well as an NFL quarterback, but can he be effective as a fantasy no. asset to no. my – Okay. No. Okay. He doesn't run, and he's never finished higher than 14th in fantasy points per game at quarterback. And that's not going to change never, here. And he counted – I mean, yards after the catch was a, part, a big part of his stats in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and I'm not necessarily seeing that here. I mean, Devontae Adams – Yes. But Devontae yeah. Adams also likes the deep ball. Well, I, I, I wanted to get into that because I think that's kind of uh, a misnomer. Um, you know, you think about average depth of target, right? And last year he was in the 75th percentile with, with Derek Carr, with Derek Carr, right? They did have a lot of deep shots. That was not as big of a part of the offense in Green Bay. He was never higher than the 53rd percentile in average depth of target. It was usually, uh, it was, you know, his target shares were huge. There was a lot of intermediate and short mm-hmm. area stuff. They were manufacturing touches for him. We could see that here with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? It's yeah. not like Adams needs those deep shots to survive. He can see a 30% target share and be a mid-range QB1 or wide receiver one, oh, just I like agree. The, or, or even higher. I, you know, I, I, I think, think it's a good that's fit. actually I, how he's going to look. I agree with 100%. Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. as a quarterback. I'm saying you're not going to get the deep ball consistently out of Jimmy Garoppolo. You get a couple here or there, but he, he is going to be the short and intermediate passer. He has learned to, you know, he he has learned to function in offense where he's got a lot of targets across the middle and a lot of different options. I don't know that the offense is going to be nearly as sophisticated. Like this is probably going to be mm-hmm. easier for him, yeah. quite frankly, than what he was dealing with in San Francisco. Does this mean we see a resurgence of Hunter Renfro? Well, Hunter Maybe. Renfro had to be healthy. I, I, that was yeah. a, that was a big part of last year was uh, the concussion issue and okay. other health issues caused him to miss a big amount of time. It can't get much. I don't. It's not like a total like. You know, coming back from the dead, but Hunter Renfro, anybody that drafted him last year, just he, you dropped him and was not usable for the entire rest of the season. So it feels mm-hmm. like if they're going to look at that short yardage, just like you're talking about, it feels like at least it's a piece that you could look he at. He could be the Julian Edelman sort of ish receiver for the yeah, Raiders. Maybe, but the problem is you, we know Adams is getting a huge target share. Yes. Yeah. Jacobs will have some involvement in the backfield. He did a lot last year and it's the same system. Uh, Jacoby Myers is probably going to push for a twenty percent target share. So where does that leave? So where does that leave Hunter? Probably yeah. not as a top fifteen receiver like he was two years ago. Probably more like a flex option in PPR, right? So it's like they paid him like a- um, yeah. And I, I don't know that their defense is going to be very good, so that's going to be plenty of opportunities for them to throw the football. Um, but by the way, one f- kind of funny little nugget here that I think would surprise people. Aaron Rodgers, his average depth of throw his last year with Devontae Adams was seven point six. Jimmy Garoppolo's average depth of throw the last two seasons. It's 7.3. Oh, wow. Almost the same number, right? Wow. I mean, so it's not like, again, it, I think it's overstated how conservative Jimmy Garoppolo is. He is, don't get me wrong, but it's not like it's going to destroy Devontae Adams. I'm not that worried about it. Keep in mind, yep. they were manufacturing touches for Christian McCaffrey in the short area last year. Uh, what was Debo Samuel's average up the target? Like 1.5 yards yes, last year? It was, all, it was part of the scheme, right? Uh, he's not a great downfield thrower, but he's fine in the intermediate area. Uh, I think... Garoppolo, not a fantasy option. Devontae Adams is still a mid-range wide receiver one. Jacoby Myers is a wide receiver three. 
and I think Renfro has a shot to be a flex, and we'll see what they do at tight end. We're, that's not sorted out just yet. I actually think that there will be these similarities for Devontae Adams catching passes from Jimmy G, from Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. in terms of the way they deliver the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, very quick release. I mean, J- Jimmy Garoppolo has been, uh, you know, criticized sometimes for the the decision making timing. You know, to yeah. hold on to it a little too long. That was part of the risk of the sort of combined factor into the injury risk for him but once he gets rid of the ball he can he can zip it and that was very much an Aaron Rodgers technique as well all right let's move ahead and talk a couple of quick hitters here I think we can be a little quicker on some of these guys we're going to have another podcast coming up later this week actually probably tomorrow depending on when you listen to this (laughs) Thursday where we're going to be talking about a bunch of the rookies just giving you a little bit of our our initial deep dive into the rookies to be able to talk about So check back for that, but really quickly to close this show out, Stefania, let's start in Philadelphia where the Eagles have brought in Rashad Penny, and I don't know how to feel about this. Well, I love You must love, I know, I I will start with this because naturally everybody looks to me because of like, is Rashad Benny going to play? Like, how many games? What's the over-under on the number of games he played? Not enough. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, so He's played let me 51% just yeah, so, so far in his career. Yeah, well, 2018, 14 games. 2019, 10. 2020, 3. 2021, 10. Last year, 5. The mm-hmm. thing is, when he runs, it is such a sight to behold. Like, I absolutely love to watch this guy play. He is a strong runner, and to his credit, despite the injury, it has not changed his style at all. He is an incredibly physical runner. I I love watching him run, but he needs to be on the field. And Mm. I actually think that now he goes to the Eagles with this awesome this front uber rotational <laughs> backfield as well because oh their their running backs are now going to be Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott and Jalen Hurts, right? You're talking about running with all I realize Jalen yeah. Hurts is not a running back but yeah. like well, yeah. but, but you have I think the thing is that you have a lot of options. I don't think the Eagles are suddenly going to go to a single back. You know, it's a system no. where nope. it, that's not going to change, right? So as far as workload balance, I think that's going to help him and he's running behind a great offensive mm-hmm. line. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he's never had more than nine catches in a season. That's about where Miles Sanders was last season. He's a good fit, too, and he might be an upgrade in terms of just rushing the football, that aspect of it. Um, By the way, he has the second highest yards per carry in NFL history among qualified running backs. That's how good he has been on the ground. Um, I will say one thing before you run out and try to get him on your fantasy team. First of all, he's not going to be involved in the passing game. That's going to limit him, but... I'm not sure the Eagles are done at running back. I could see them spending a day two pick here. They carried four all last season. One of them was Trey Sermon, old friend, who was oh, active, yeah. I think, for two games. Not sure he makes the the 53 here. It would not shock me if someone falls in their lap that they like and they draft somebody kind of like Seattle did last year with Rashad Penny when they had other secondary backs like Travis Homer and DJ Dallas. They brought in, of course, Kenneth Walker. Would not surprise me at all if Howie Roseman does the same thing here. So something to keep an eye on. But yeah, uh, me, me, Howie Roseman. And Pete Carroll, always on the same page same with running backs. Or may, maybe it's a, you know, uh, all right, maybe I should say uh, uh, John Schneider out there in Seattle. But um, always like the same guys, like Chris Carson and Rashad Penny and, you know, Boston Scott. The list goes on and on and on. I don't have his uh, yard. I'm looking for his yards after contact here. But um, it seems to me like it's uh, yeah, pretty good. Like, like he's pretty good. strong. Because, again, to me, that it's some of the what you're looking for, considering he's coming off uh, fractured ankle. He had a high ankle sprain with a fibular fracture. Uh, you you know, rotational thing, side to side. Not really his game, you know. Uh, he is a strong, powerful runner, 
And like I said, he's never shied away coming back from injury before. So I really, I really, really like this spot for him. Yeah. Rashad Penny uh, did not qualify when I looked him up under yards after first contact. Didn't have enough rushes. When I took that qualifier off, he is sixth on the list. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, six. when you have the That's best, yard, he is the best yards per carry in the league since he was drafted as well. Yeah. So <laughs> naturally, you're going to yeah. do some damage after. Only two uh, spots after behind contact. him. Also re-signed Lions running back Craig Reynolds from... Kutztown University. University. That's right. All right. Got to make sure we get our Kutztown reference in. All right. Yeah, let's right. keep moving on real quick. Mike, we already talked about the Derek Carr news going to the Saints. We now find out that Michael Thomas restructured his mm-hmm. deal to come back. Well, wonders. Does this care? Does this mean anything to you from a fantasy perspective other than just solidifying what we know is going to be the weapons there? They gave him enough money that he's going to be plenty involved. He's going to be heavily involved in that offense. Chris Olave is the preferred fantasy option. We were starting to get indications of that even when they were together early last season. Uh, I think Olave still in that wide receiver two mix. Thomas probably more of a wide receiver three, but not a guy I feel super strongly about, much like last season. All right. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He's hurt a lot. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it's, you know, I think this is a good, like he's, it, it's a, I think that there has been some peacemaking there. And so it was nice that they were able to get a one year deal done um, because it gives them some comfort knowing what he can provide. But it's like one of those where you can't count on him, right? It couldn't yeah. be anything through the roof because you have to be okay with the, the likelihood that he's going to miss multiple games. All right. Um, yeah, you see in the, we wow. have more news during All right, the show more here. breaking news official. This comes from at Adam Schefter. ESPN Radio, breaking news. I don't understand. I told Adam to lose my number earlier today, and he <laughs> keeps on showing up. Dallas Cowboys and running back Ezekiel Elliott are officially parting ways. He will now be a free agent per a source. Tony Pollard Let's taking go. over yes. as the lead back in Dallas, something that us fantasy managers were screaming for last year. Okay, okay, okay. Real okay, quick, okay. well, it's nothing to do with a. There's nothing about uh, like no, it's I'm not, not. I'm just saying, you guys are all acting like Tony Pollard's coming back week one, running the same way he was when he got hurt, and I'm just saying, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, you know, when uh, Kellen Moore departed for the Chargers. Yep. Mike McCarthy committed to, you know, they want to run the football, right? They're, in fact, they want to yeah. score fewer score points. Less. They score d- less. For, for real. He wants to settle for <laughs> field goals and protect his defense. Um, they're not done a running back, right? There's going to be another running back yeah, yeah, added. Yeah, uh, it could be someone 100%. as good as like Miles Sanders. Would not surprise me at all. Like I could see them adding an impact player uh, along those lines. Jamal Williams, you know, there's, there's plenty of guys out there. Don't be surprised if Tony Pollard has a uh, plenty of competition and in, in, that it remains a committee, uh, you know, a one-two punch in that backfield. They're going to run a lot. They They're very productive to. last season they need, as well. They, they absolutely have to add somebody. Mm-hmm. Like there's zero question in my mind that they have to add somebody. They could do it through the draft. They could do it through a less expensive free agent. Obviously, um, 
you know, they have they have uh, cost concerns as well. Yeah, and we'll see where Zeke goes, but he say, has not played well the past couple of years. He'll go somewhere where he could help pass protect and be a, a veteran option, but he'll be in a committee somewhere and have some sliver of fantasy relevance, but unlikely to be a guy that's, you know, uh, you feel great about as your, your starter in fantasy. Maybe like an Atlanta in a committee with Tyler Algier or something like that, but we'll keep an eye on that. All right, let's move ahead to the Falcons where Mike... Speaking of, let's talk about how Kyle Pitts is. A, I know he's a tier two tight end in just life. Now that Janu Smith is there, <laughs> yeah, not worried about that. Is not still worried about. All right, all right, Stephanie. Then let's start with you because Janu Smith. Worried about it. Are you? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because I'm, I'm, I'm wondering why are they doing this move? Why are they doing this move when there, there's a lot of tight ends available in this draft class? They definitely wanted a veteran in the mix. Uh, Kyle Pitts ended the year going to surgery um, for a knee injury. And all I'm saying is this was a move that said something without saying it out loud to me from the organization, that they were covering their bases. They wanted a veteran tight end in there. They may end up saying, oh, he's going to be complimentary to Kyle Pitts. I'll believe that when I see Kyle Pitts back on the field. Um, This, to me, was an early move to get a veteran tight end that says to me that they have concerns. Yeah, awesome. I, I, yeah, I'm not. I mean, in, injury aside, right? Like that's a. If we just assume that you know, eventually we expect Kyle Pitts to come back healthy, right? In that scenario, not worried at all. Like Kyle Pitts is basically playing wide receiver. Johnny Smith is an H back, right? And by the way, he spent the last couple of years as a very highly paid uh, player for New England, a team that has struggled a wide receiver, and he was a non-factor, right? Mm-hmm. He is not a threat. How much of that was uh, that? How much of that though, Mike? Was because I don't think Johnny Smith was suddenly not talented. I think they had a dysfunctional offense there mm-hmm. last year, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so to me that I, I feel like people are like, oh, he was such a bust in New England. Oh, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. I, I don't know. It's hard for me to judge that in in the way that that offense looked. Yeah, I, I I mean even two years ago though it just didn't it didn't work there and it's it, part of it's the role right he is an H back he's going to be used in the short area that was the case in Tennessee as well the reason he was so hyped up was because he had that his final year he scored I think it was eight touchdowns right and he got a lot of uh, attention and he was never really quite that good so uh, look he has a connection with Arthur Smith he was the guy he was with in Tennessee they're going to utilize him in that H back role around the line of scrimmage in an offense that wants to run the football it makes sense from that perspective. I don't view it as a threat at all to Kyle Pitts. I'm not even going to touch his projection. And if I can get a Kyle Pitts discount, I'm going to take it because the guy is so talented. Sometimes these young tight ends take a while. He's 23 years old. He Actually, no, he's not. He's 22 years old. He is super young. At some point, he, that talent is going to rise. And it, again, this happens with these Jared Cook and David Njoku. It just takes... Uh, you, I think Brandon Pettigrew was on this list. Like but it t- takes a few years before they really bloom. I've just, I just I I am gonna I'm gonna push back a little bit here because I don't think Kyle Pitts' talent is what held him back last year. I think like Arthur he, Smith. Held he him held back. Arthur Smith held him back. He his first year we saw flashes of him and we all expected him to launch. Like right? Didn't we expect him to just yeah? Of course to we grow? did. Yeah, I agree. And instead, I felt he got held back. Why are we developing blocking skills in Kyle Pitts? Like mm-hmm. why not let him be the guy we saw he could be? This athletic specimen in college who you know was breaking records in terms of how he was drafted because of what everyone anticipated. And all of a sudden, he was not utilized in the same way. I get it, the quarterback situation, blah, blah. But now he's hurt on top of it. I don't. You're, you're talking about a growth pattern to somebody who may not be available for any of the off-season work. I don't mm-hmm. know. Color me skeptical, and Mike and I, we can have this conversation well, look, when it's closer to the season. Look, I, 
I'm just saying, like I'm I'm high on uh, Kyle Pitts, and you're high on Darren Waller, and we have them in the dynasty. You have Pitts, I have Waller in the dynasty. And maybe <laughs> wow. we should bring the conversation back to the table. I'm just saying, like. Wow. I might. Uh, we'll put our money where our mouth is here. I might. I might go get myself a new tight end. Let's go. Darren Waller is available wow. for two years. Because there's that. a lot of really good tight ends in this draft class, and I might just be ready to All start right. fresh. All right. Let's talk Pitts Waller. <laughs> we'll set this up. Do some uh, off-season winter meetings. Yeah. While you guys are doing that, that. <laughs> I think you can answer these ones pretty quickly, Mike, uh, while you're looking at those trades. Robert Woods to the Texans. Doesn't matter. Uh, not right now. We'll see if Brandon Cooks ends up on that roster. There's been some chatter. He'll be traded. It seemed like he wanted out of there. If he moves on, maybe there's something there in, in the flex conversation, but probably not. Woods, uh, 31 now, not a touchdown scorer. So not, you know, coming off a, his, actually, you know, I, I saw this. He has a target share of at least 18% every season of his career. Wow. 10 seasons, 10 seasons. Last year was the slowest in a while, but uh, I, I want to keep an eye on what the depth chart looks like around him. That's going to be the key there. Fair. Stefania, Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, we heard him listed within that Aaron Rodgers wish list that he gave to the Jets, but that's not the only team that I know he's looked at. Do you know anything about the health of OBJ as of right now for us? Yeah, look, he's another year removed because he didn't play last year. He had a second ACL surgery. We call that a revision surgery. I will say this. We have yet to see an elite wide receiver come back from an ACL revision surgery and play in the NFL period. So um, all these things about his workout look great. Shirt off, made some one-handed grabs, really nice. Running routes on air. Stop bragging to me about how good that looks. Like I need to see him doing football things, playing against coverage, making quick cut. I mean, these were soft. He looked fast. That looked great. He can Mm -hmm. still catch the ball, but that is not football stuff. And if you remember when he came back from the ACL injury and he was playing in Cleveland, was it Cleveland before he went to the Rams? Yes. Um, Cleveland or? Who was no. Who are we talking about? Uh, Odell Cleveland. Beckham Jr. Yeah, he was in the yeah. Browns. Yeah, he was Browns. in Cleveland. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, I was like middle of the country. Couldn't think of that. Um, <laughs> Orange team. But when he, uh, remember, he didn't start right away. Everything was like, he looked good, he looked good. And then uh, the knee, and no, maybe mm-hmm. not. And, the, and then he ended up going to the Rams. And as the year went on, he got more confident. He played well up until, uh, obviously, the unfortunate injury in their postseason. But uh, I'm just saying, between the age, the health history, the fact that this has never been done before, to me, the team who picks him up is going to uh, probably not pay as much as he would like to get. And they're going to have to be okay with, if it works, it could be a great bonus and a boost. And if it fails, we're okay with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's the hard part for me. I'm not really in on that spot. You know, the last time he had more than six touchdowns in a season was 2016. Oh, my gosh. Was I even working here we yet? We were all so I don't much younger so. than 2016. I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm surprised at the pri- the money you're hearing thrown around and, and all the attention here and him being on a list. Like, you mentioned this before. What is that? If that's really Aaron Rodgers' wish, wish list, like, can we maybe aim for a little higher maybe wow. a Brandon Cooks DeAndre 2016 Hopkins. Love Yourself by Justin Bieber was the top hit that year <laughs> just in case you want to go back well that fits it's, with it's Odell, been a Love Yourself it, yeah. here's the thing if you're Aaron Rodgers why not throw it out you got a wish list with like four names on it so if they come back with three of the four you're good right? yeah they got I mean they have 
it, it look, it makes sense for a team that has other options, right? I mean, if Beckham doesn't work out, you do still have Alan Lazard here's now, the, and you have Garrett Wilson and here, a couple of other Here's my prediction. Nobody signs him before the draft. Because yeah. they're going to see, like, you've got way less expensive options of developing players in the draft. And, and you, so your argument Maybe. is veteran player versus <clears throat> developing wide receiver. Yeah, but veteran player with a huge, huge unknown of what he can be. I don't know. Maybe Dallas now that Zeke's out off the books. Maybe. Okay. I don't well, know. Da- Keep an we'll eye see. on that. You never Dal- know what that. Dallas would do something like that. They're the that. ones that'll give him 20 mil a year. So, yeah. Let's not. Do they even have any money? Yeah. <laughs> nope, they don't. I think they've given it all in dead cap to uh, Ezekiel. Ezekiel yeah, we'll right. figure that out. All right, we have some, not any news, but speculation, obviously. Stuff has gone down with Austin Eckler looking like he might be on the trading block. I'm guessing he'll be moved, Leaving yeah. the Chargers, so we'll see. Unfortunately, we don't have anything right now to dive into. Here's what I, th- I think the team gave him permission to seek a trade because they have confidence that nobody's going to pay the price that they will demand for Austin Eckler, and he'll be back with them. Yeah. That's what I think. There is a, Because just go around the league and you tell me who can afford him, who's going to take – like, it's just timing. I, I hate that for him because I mm-hmm. love Austin Eckler and I want him on a good offense, and there's no doubt he's frustrated with the way things have gone in San Diego and it's time for – you know, he wants to be somewhere else or potentially be somewhere else. Who can afford him besides Carolina? Mm-hmm. I, who, who has the money to spend to bring in an Austin Eckler – at what the Chargers are going to demand for him yeah. in, as far as trade. Um, and I think there's too much depth at the position in the draft for somebody to spend the money that it would take to let the, to have the Chargers say, okay, because this is really their call. It's not like he's just a free agent floating around. Well, Carolina yeah. could use some skill position players for whoever their rookie quarterback yeah, is. Yeah, if only be. they had a versatile running back that yeah. could catch and run and, well, and do you all know, that. And we saw how that went. But <laughs> yeah, and they, they have the money, but. Yeah. All right. It's going to cost you an extension money, uh, guaranteed money for a, what, 27-year-old running back as well as draft pick compensation. I mean, look, if you're a contending team like San Francisco was last year. Then it's different. And, you know, it's only going to cost you a four or five. Maybe that makes some sense, but um, a lot of teams just don't fit that, though. He also gets where he wants to go. Yeah, I would. It's like, uh, he's not going to tread water somewhere. One more running back conversation, Stefania, to wrap this Mm -hmm. up. Obviously, we saw, I shouldn't say obviously, we saw Samaje Pirine, though, leave Cincinnati, sign with the Denver Broncos, and you had a few thoughts that you wanted to throw our way on I did. I I like this acquisition by the Broncos very, very much. He's a really good pass pass catcher. He's great in pass protection. Um, but he's not a primary running back, and I don't think he's going to be. But this also, in, in, the, in the department of saying things without them being said out loud, speaks to the concern about Javante Williams' health. Javante Williams uh, went down with a multi-ligament knee injury. It was a worse injury than I think people gave it credit for. He had damage to what they call the posterior lateral corner of the knee. This is These can be really, really tough. It's a complex surgery. It's a very long rehab. He went down in week four. I think the notion, people just sort of expect, oh, it was early. He'll be back. He had an ACL. No, it wasn't an ACL. It was a multi-league knee with uh, gross instability. And that, to me, is much more concerning, especially as a running back. And this is a guy who needs to be strong. He is a power uh, running back. It's physicality. He runs between the tackles. He has to get his strength back before he can be out on the field and really be himself. I think, um, look, they could re-sign Latavius Murray. I think mm-hmm. that's possible. Um, Mike Boone was a free agent. He's going to sign with the Texans, I believe. Mm-hmm. We remember, remember Melvin Gordon, his fumble problems. He got cut, ended up on Kansas City's practice squad. Um, I think they could re-sign Latavius Murray and also still pick up another running back in the draft. So uh, I'm a little concerned about Javante Williams. I do love this Manje P. Ryan edition. But I think his role is fairly similar. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I'm at that point. It makes me 
quite hesitant and just wanting to feel. I was really excited watching these Broncos add to the offensive line, not just for Russell Wilson, but I was hoping for Javante Williams. This puts a little bit of cold water on just making sure that we are fully aware of everything heading into this draft season with this situation you're talking about, Stefania. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those hope for the best, but I want Javante Williams. He's a young back. I want him. How many times, I know Mike knows the answer to this question, how many times do we think a guy is coming back at the start of the season and there's this pressure on them to get back and they try mm-hmm. and get back early and they're not ready? I hope that everybody does the right thing, Javante included, to get himself healthy so he can have a good career after this. Uh, the, you can't come back too early from something like this. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by the backup situations for Denver. But also the Jets. Brees mm-hmm. Hall tore his ACL about the exact same time as Javante Williams. I think they were off by about 14 days, something like that. Uh, so we'll see how those play out. But right now, Samaj P. Ryan could prove to be one of the more intriguing number two running backs that we're looking at. And drafts could be the starter for up to six weeks. And it, look, if Williams comes back and he's not a full go, think about like J.K. Dobbins this past year, Saquon Barkley two years ago, players to find he was right about and I was wrong about. Uh, and, you know, the backups prove valuable in some of those situations. So, uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that. But if P. Ryan is the two, it's going to be on my my target list for sure. Heck yeah. Hey, free agency is not over just because we are wrapping up this Ooh. podcast. We'll be back next week again with another free agency pod with a little bit of a bow on what else has happened. However, we're going to be back tomorrow, Thursday. We're going to talk about an article, Mike, that you just had come out a little bit ago talking about the top rookie players in case you don't know anything about the rookies entering our free agent, excuse me, our fantasy player pool we're going to break down a few of them so that you can have a little bit of knowledge heading into that. But for Stefania and Mike Clay, my name is Daniel. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Please be kind to yourself. You have deserved and earned that. Sorry. Uh, we love you. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Peace. got a smile that'll melt your heart she's always there to lend a helping hand her fantasy knowledge is just the start her skills are highly in demand she's our bay area lady out there hustling for us Advice that we really trust. Bay Area lady, always there to help. She's not a cone, she's your favorite gal.